not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, we trust your word to guide our lives. And so as your messenger this morning, I step back so the Holy Spirit can step up so that when he talks, everybody listens. I pray that you will help us to hear and discern what the Spirit of God is saying to us individually and even us as a church. And I pray for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your word today as it always does. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, last week we started a new series entitled, Who's in Charge? Just look at somebody in your family and look at them and say, who's in charge? And the focus of the series is centered around parenting and the family. It's going to provide parents with principles from God's word on parenting God's way. And then this series is going to help our youth understand their role in the family and how they are to relate to their parents. Now, since the family is God's way of perpetuating godly seed and producing future generations, it is critical, say critical, it is critical for the family structure and function to mirror the principles that are found in God's word. Amen. Now, this week, I'm going to start our lesson off with the video. And uh, if you would, please pay attention to our vision screens. Listen to me, listen to me, like, like I do this all the time, and if I go out at the, at the house or to the door, Matty has his toys, and then Matty has all his toys. Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can't trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me. Look at If we do something. Okay. As you can see from the video, that parent was not in charge. Now, believe it or not, he was talking to his mother. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Did you notice he called her by her first name? I'm not sure what generation he's from. But I do know one thing. If he had been born in the 1960s, 
he'd have got slapped into 2016. So our teaching topic today is who's in charge? And if you're taking notes, write dot, 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 capital I am. Last week we learned that God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, principles. Protocol, protocol, and promises. Now the principles are what he requires for us to do. The protocol is how he wants us to go about doing it. And then of course the promises are the rewards from our obedience. Now the beauty, and I said this last week, the beauty of living a principled life is that it makes life predictable. There are laws or principles in the world in the word and in the world right now that we might not be aware of, but these principles are predictable. For example, there is a law or a principle called sowing and reaping. And that particular law says that if you plant something in the ground, you will get back that same thing, but you will get it back in a multiplied state. In other words, if you were to plant one watermelon seed, even if you only got back one watermelon, there would, it would contain many seeds. So our goal in the teaching this morning is to identify and activate some godly principles so that we experience godly families. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and then we're going to look in Luke chapter 2. Verse 51, Ephesians chapter 6. And our young people have stayed inside today uh, for two reasons. Number one, the gymnasium uh, floor is being done, and so it produces a real strong uh, odor. So we have them to stay inside. But we also plan that for them to stay in because some of the things that I need to say, they need to hear. Amen. Amen. Now, Here's the first point and pretty much the only point that I want to make this morning. And here it is. Families should be led by the head. Families should be led by the head. Say this with me. Say families should be led by the head. Now we learned last week that everyone in the family has a head or a leader. And we read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says this, But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Say amen to that. All right. So now watch this now, because here's where we're jumping into this, this morning's lesson. So if the head of the wife is the husband, then the head of the children are the parents. Now, go to Ephesians 6. I told you to go there. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Because what I've discovered is that in a lot of families, the children don't necessarily obey both parents. See, in some cases, the family structure has been broken. In other words, the the dad may not live with the family uh, in a lot of cases. Or in some cases, it may be a single dad and the mom's not there. And so what tends to happen is... Uh, whoever is not part of the family for whatever reason, and they're not physically there, uh, children tend to not respect that person. Amen. He might not know my daddy. He don't pay child support. Well, how would your kid know that their dad doesn't pay child support? Just look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down your street already. 
know you mad at, 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 at Junior. You're mad at his dad. And so to get back at his dad, you tell the kids, well, if he was a real daddy, he would pay child support. Well, wh- why would you do that? You're not just hurting Junior. You're hurting your kid. Amen. Well, let's see what happens here. Ephesians 6, look at verse 1. Children. Let's start right there. Children. Everybody say children. Children. What's the next word? Obey. See, that's a four-letter cuss word right there. Children. Do what? Obey. Obey who? Your parents. Not just your teachers. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, I'm going to read Colossians 3.20. You stay there. Colossians 3.20 says the same thing. It says, children, obey your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Everybody say children. So let's define that because I don't want anybody to walk out and think that they're not a children. Okay, so... Anybody under the age of 18 is a child unless you are over that age and you are still a dependent to your parents. In other words, you might be 22, but you still live in your parents' house. You still suck their air up. You drink their water. They pay for your clothes. They support you in school. You still the children. So I just want you to find yourself because, see, uh, society says once you are a teenager, you're not a children. But uh, that's not true because a child is somebody who can't support themselves. Amen. And uh, I'm not going to argue with who I feed. Now, I'm going to help you out, children, in just a minute. I just got to get on you for just a minute. No, no, sometimes, uh, you know, children feel like they have a right to, to uh, certain items. See, like, you don't have a right to Jordans. You might have a right to some Payless shoes. <laughs> but, but you don't necessarily have a right to Jordans. God wants just, he wants the parents to supply your need, not necessarily your greed. And see, anything over and above the norm is a privilege. Amen. It's a privilege for a teenager to drive. That's a privilege. Amen. Just because you can get your license at 16 and that's what the law says doesn't mean that it's your right. Okay. So children or anybody under 18 and older if they're still in their parents' house and they are dependent. Now, go to Luke chapter 2. Keep your hand in Ephesians. We're coming back. Luke chapter 2. I want to show you a situation where Jesus was about 12 years old and Jesus did something that happens even today. I'll just give you an idea of what happened. Jesus' family, uh, every year they would go to uh, the city and they would go and worship and offer up sacrifices. Basically, they would go to celebrate a certain time of the year. And so uh, they used to 
they traveled in caravans. So it wasn't just, you know, Jesus and his parents. It was all of their kindred and all of their relatives, right? It was almost like a traveling family reunion. So they would go uh, every year. And so what happened was on their way back, two days into it, they discovered Jesus was missing. Now, I'm not sure if Mary and Joseph were great parents, but uh, I think I would discover my kids were gone before two days. So I don't know what was going on with them. But two days later, they discovered Jesus was missing. So they go back and they look for Jesus. And uh, the Bible says they found him in the temple talking to the doctors and attorneys and and everybody was astounded. It was like, wow, how does this little 12-year-old know all of this? And so they found him. They, and so when they got to him, they said, son, you know, wh- why are you doing this? Why are you dealing with us like this? And then he said, you know, something like, uh, don't you know that I need to be about my father's business? Now, I guarantee you that, that right there, you'd have got a whoop in, in my life. <laughs> it would have been a talking whooping too. What you mean about your father's business? You need to be at home with us. Do you understand? Don't answer. That add more licks. I understand. I know you need to understand. <laughs> Don't answer. Just take it. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> So in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, this is what it says. And he, Jesus, he went down with them. He went with his parents. And the Bible says he came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Do y'all see that word subject? When you look that word subject up, it's the same Greek word as the word submit in the New Testament. You know where it says wives submit to your own husbands? This is the word. So the Bible says Jesus went and submitted and that the, the definition of that word submit means to be under obedience or to yield to another's authority. So basically Jesus submitted. He he uh, yielded to their authority. He went home with them. That's what I'm saying. If it was okay for Jesus to have been there, they'd have left him there. But I'm sharing the story to help you see that Jesus was still a submitted kid. Even though he was the savior of the world, he was a submitted kid. Because, see, the authority structure in the Bible doesn't have a time frame. We all should still be under authority. And here, Jesus was under authority. And so, in modern times, what Jesus did, he, uh, he went to go play over one of his homeboys' house and didn't tell his mama where he was. And then when they found him, you know, because I did that growing up one time. My mom told me to go to the store and come back. I didn't hear the come back part. So I got on my bicycle because, you know, that was, that was the mode of transportation in those days. I got on my bicycle. I got to the store. And, and I had this grand idea on the way back. Oh, I'm just going to go hang out with my friends. Now, we didn't have cell phones those days. Because if I had a cell phone, I, I could have called and said, Hey, Mama, can I go over so-and-so? And then Mama would have gave me her answer. Well, I didn't have no cell phone. We didn't have, you know, texts and beepers and all that. It wasn't created at this point. So I go and do it anyway. 
Three hours later, I show up at the house. Guess who's waiting on me? Mr. and Mrs. Connor. Where have you been? I said, well, I went, I went to the store and, and then I, you know, I went and played over here and over here. and over here. Uh, Why didn't you come home and ask us if you could go? And see, you know, at that point, you already know you're in trouble. So it don't matter what you say at that point. So I'll never forget, I, I was in the, the seventh or eighth grade. One, I think I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. And uh, I was introduced to a granddaddy whooping. Now, at that point, I didn't know what a granddaddy whooping was. A granddaddy whooping is when you pull your pants down. And you only have your the only little tidy whities on. And that's how they whooped you. And uh, boy, that was an eye-opening experience for me. How many know I never did that again in Jesus' name? Amen. Watch what happened though to Jesus. It said he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom. I'm going to show you something here. And he grew in stature. And he also grew in favor with God and man. See, when you are a submitted person, God will help you grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. But you have to stay submitted. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, when uh, I graduated from high school, I ended up with this uh, uh, scholarship, an academic scholarship, to go to a Christian college. Well, the, the program that they had set up uh, started in the summer. Now, because I wanted to work during the summer so I could make some money, so I could buy some clothes, so I could look fly in college, I didn't want to go to summer school. I just wanted to go and work and then go to school. And uh, that was not my parents' plan for me. So I'll never forget. They said, no, you're going to summer school. And I was upset. And I was mad. And I'll never forget when it was time to go and, uh, you know, tour the campus. uh, We showed up and uh, I had an attitude. So we get out of the car, and uh, I had already made up my mind I was not going to say a word the whole trip. So we get out, and the young lady, I'll never forget her name. Her name was Effie. And Effie was the tour person at the campus. So she's touring. She, and so she took us to the dorms. She was like, well, how do you like the dorms? And, you know, I'm already on this silent thing here. And so my mom had to answer for me. He likes it. So we go through the whole tour because I don't understand why my parents are making me go to summer school. And there are times in your life that you're not going to understand what your parents are doing. As a matter of fact, you're not only going to not understand, you're not going to want to do it. But see, I did not understand nor reap the benefits of my parents' decision until it was time for me to graduate from college. Watch this now. Because I transferred from that college to another college, typically you lose credit hours and it pushes you back typically a semester. But because I had went to summer school when I first started, when I transferred over to the other school, guess what? Edmund Connor still graduated on time. And it was only because my parents made me go to summer school. 
And sometimes you're not going to understand, but you still have to submit. Just look at somebody next to you and just smile at them and say, you still need to submit. Now, go back to Ephesians 6. Go back to Ephesians 6 because I'm going to wrap this up quickly because I see now we're going to have some issues. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6 because, see, I'm not going where you think I'm going. This plane is going to land in a whole different country. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor. Say honor. Honor. Now, last week we talked about that, but that word honor means to respect and value. Respect and value your father and who else? And your mother. Now, notice it says, children, obey your who? Your parents. Which says now that... Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman, but the parents are heads of the children. Both parents, watch this, have equal power in your life. Now, I know sometimes, you know, there's a designated whooper. You know, in my family, my dad was the designated whooper. How many know what I'm talking about? When, you get, when your dad gets home, you're going to get it. Well, notice he says, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it, it might be well with who? With you and that you may live a long time on earth. Watch this now. If you notice, God separated obedience and honoring. Do you see that? And he did that for two reasons. I believe the first reason is because obedience is temporary. See, you have to obey your parents as long as you are under their authority. And then once you get old enough and you've moved out of the house and you have your own life, you don't have to obey your parents anymore. So obedience is temporary, but honoring is permanent. So that's the first reason. The second reason I believe God separated this is so that, watch this, you, because you can obey and not honor. You can obey without honor. What is obedience? Obedience is the carrying out or the the command or wish of somebody else. But it doesn't necessarily include having a good attitude. So you can obey somebody and not have a good attitude about doing it. Amen. Now, because we don't use the word honor that much these days, let's change the word honor to respect. Everybody say respect. Amen. You better put you better res- put some respect behind that name. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. <laughs> you better put some respect behind that name. You can honor, but you may not. You can obey, but you may not respect. Amen. And uh, a lot of times, young people are disrespectful and they don't understand that they are. So I I came this morning just to kind of give you an idea of what some disrespectful things are that you may do as a teen or as a young person. This is uh, actually disrespectful. Talking back. Linda, 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 listen, listen, listen. That's disrespectful. Here's the second thing that's disrespectful. Stomping while you're walking. Now, see, when I was growing up, you would have two feet that looked like Kunta Kinte. 
chopped off. You would have nubs. Stomping while you're walking, rolling your eyes. Breathing heavy. We don't need to hear your breathing. Especially if your breath is bad. (laughs) Raising your voice from the normal level. Being sarcastic. Junior, will you bring me some water? Well, what's wrong with your hands? Hello. (laughs) Now, see, here's the bad part about being sarcastic. A lot of them know it's wrong, so they don't say it, but they think it. They're thinking like... (laughs) I thought slavery was over. What about you? (laughs) Do you know that having a negative attitude is being disrespectful? And see, all of these that I just named, they're unacceptable. And they should receive a punishable consequence. But most of them don't. And that's why we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I've discovered that the problem that our young people are giving us is not their fault. It's the parents' fault. The only reason they're doing all that stuff is because you have let them get away with it without any consequences. I've been working with some families and And one of the things that I've identified is, you know, as we meet together, we're identifying all the issues with the children. But, but, you know, God prompted me to, to tell me that the issues are not with the children. It's with the parents because the only reason the kids act that way is because the parents let them. See that ship? See how I turned that ship that fast? Listen. Honoring your parents was so important to God that he made it part of the original Ten Commandments. Did you know that honoring your father and your mother was part of the original Ten Commandments? You know the Ten Commandments that Moses went on that mountain and to get and then he threw them down and broke them? That, in that, was the original Ten Commandments. And if they were in the original Ten Commandments, you must take it very seriously. Now, I want you to notice that honoring your parents was a commandment and not a suggestion. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Go back up to that. Go back up to Ephesians 6. Notice it says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first suggestion. What did he say? What is it? So honoring our parents was a commandment. And watch this now. This commandment came, watch this, with two blessings or two consequences. Here are the two blessings. That you may live a long time and things may go well with you. Now, just by the show of hands, who would like things to go well in your life? Who would like to live a long time? Let me see. Yeah. But then there are two consequences to not honoring your parents. Here's the first one. You reduce your lifespan. Here's the second one. And things don't go well with you. 
So I have provided for all of our young people, anybody that's still under the authority of the parents, I provided you this morning with a death or success certificate. Now, if you are a young person and you didn't get this, I want you to raise your hand because I want to give you one. Raise your hand. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. Raise them up real high. Ushers, if you would, those who have their hands up, I want you to give those to our young people. All right? Uh, And I'm going to explain what it is when you get it. You know, when you die, they issue you a death certificate. And what that certificate says is that it identifies who died, what day they died on, and uh, I'm not sure if they give you the cause of death, but they do just issue a death certificate because in order for whoever is alive to get benefits from your death, you must show and produce documents that that person has deceased. Uh, All right, here with some hands over here, hands over here. All right, good. All right, now, while they're still passing those out, this death certificate or success certificate, it says this, and if you're a young person, I want you to put your name in here. I want you to put your name in here. I, Eben Connor, hereby confirm and understand that I have the power to determine whether I experience death or success in my life. And then the scripture is, Deuteronomy 30:49 it says or 30:19 30, it says I call heaven and earth to record this day I have set before you life and death blessings and cursing and then it goes on to say therefore choose life Now notice it said date of decision here's why I'm serious about this because you determine if you succeed or not in your life It's not up to your parents He said Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother with the promise that things may go well with you and you live a long time. I want you to know when you leave church today, you are in control of your success. It has nothing to do with mommy and daddy. It has all to do with you. And you know what? I wish somebody had told me this when I was growing up. Now, I turned out okay. I turned out okay. But I think life could have been even better had I known this. See, there are some people dying today, young people. There are some young people that have died because they died early because they're not doing this. So I want this certificate to just be a a reminder because the reminder is I'm in control of death or success in my life. Amen. Now, it is the ultimate job of the parents to lead and feed their children. Everybody say, everybody has a head. Everybody needs to be led. Now, go to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24. We're wrapping this up, Joshua 24. See, uh, a godly, godly family starts with godly parents. But I've discovered that the man, see, you know how uh, you go to work and you say, I'm not working for the man. I never knew who the man was. I found out who the man was. Let me show you who the man was or is. Joshua 24, look at verse 15. This was Joshua talking. He says, and if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose, everybody say choose. Choose you this day who you will serve, 
whether it's the gods which is your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. He says, but as for me, come on class, as for me and my house, what's the next word? We will serve the Lord. Notice what Joshua said. I love Joshua because he didn't say, well, as for my wife and my kids, they serve the Lord. I'm going to stay home and watch the game. He said, no, no, no. As for me, notice Joshua put himself as the spiritual leader in the house. And you know why we have issues with our kids? It's not the mama. You are the father. You know, that's what Jerry Springer, y'all watch Jerry Springer sometimes? You are the father. Who is that? How y'all know? That was a test. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Guess what? Kids, you don't have a choice. We going to serve the Lord. You don't have a choice if you come to church. You serving the Lord. You don't have a choice that to live right. We serve the Lord. Daddy, why do I have a curfew? Because we serve the Lord. Why can't I have sex outside of marriage? Because we serve the Lord. Why can't I have a boyfriend at 12? Because we serve the Lord. Why can't I cuss like all my other friends? Because we serve the Lord so if the Lord don't do it we ain't gonna do it amen and men we are responsible for leading our families men we are responsible for leading our families And most men, we have forfeited our roles as spiritual leaders. Amen. Now, uh, in Ephesians 6, good, Ephesians 6, I want to keep reading this because I'm going to show you that if the fathers are off, the families are going to be off. Now, this would have been a great Father's Day message, but I, I just I just felt this is today because we have some fathers that need to get back in position. Watch what it says in Ephesians 6. He says, you know, he tells the kids to honor your father and your mother with the promise. And then verse 4 says this, and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Notice he says what to do and what not to do. Colossians chapter 3. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And we have a lot of discouraged kids because the fathers are provoking them to anger. Amen. You can't dog your kids and expect them to be encouraged. Here's what's really bad. Most of us who weren't raised right swore in our mind that we would never do that to our kids and we're turning around and doing it. He says, Father, provoke not your children, which says now, listen to this as we close this, that fathers set the spiritual temperature and climate of the home. 
Father set the, the, the temperature and the spiritual climate of the home. And that's why uh, in Deuteronomy 6, if you read it, it talks about how the man, in fact, I'm going to read verse 3. Uh, verse 2, it says, that thou mightest fear God to keep all of his commandments. And verse 3 says this, Hear therefore, O Israel, O word of truth, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord thy God has promised you in the land. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, O word of truth, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. Verse 6, And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. Verse 7, And you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and you shall talk of them when you are sitting down in your house, and when you walk, we don't walk, we drive. When you drive, by the way and when you're lying down and when you rise up he says you should even bind them uh, uh, for a sign upon your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes in other words he's saying men it is our responsibility to make sure our children get a spiritual impartation Are you, man of God, the spiritual leader of your home? And you know what? This is not just to married people. Because if you are a father in any way, are you still the spiritual leader in your children's life? So quiet in here, I'm talking about now, as men, you know, when God sent Moses to, uh, to Pharaoh and the children of Israel, Moses said, well, how am I going to know? How are they going to believe that you sent me? Who do I tell them that sent me? And you know what God said to him? Uh, say that I am that I am. Here's my question, men of God. Can God look inside of your life and say, I am in there. I'm in your dating life. I see that. I am in your, your work life. I am in your parenting life. Can he look inside of the different compartments of your life and say, I am in there? Because if he ain't, he needs to be. And I've discovered that the problems that our kids are having is because they're not getting the spiritual impartation from the fathers. And that's why in the Old Testament, he says, you know what? We're going to return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the, to the fathers. And then he says, lest there be a curse on the earth. One of the reasons why there's, there's a curse that's working in families today. The, I mean, there, listen, right now is the worst time in the family's history of dads not being in the family. And I believe God wants to challenge the men today. To take a stand and make a commitment to be the man of God. Like Joshua said, ask for me and my house. So you know what? You know who ought to beat everybody up on Sunday to get them ready for church? You. You know who ought to pray with, with them and pray for them? You. You know who ought to be the spiritual example in their life? You. You know who they ought to look up to? To know the voice of God for their life, you. Is your life such an example that they have confidence in your relationship with God? Can your wife depend on God's voice in your life to lead the family? And what's happening is women are not submitting 
because they don't see a submitted man. Watch this, but that has no reason for them not to, though. Amen. Do you know God's criteria for leadership is not necessarily for that man to be saved? He don't have to be saved. Who's quiet now? He don't have to be saved. Because he, because he, well, he ain't the man of God. He ain't going to church. He ain't reading his Bible. Well, he wasn't doing that when you met him. Oh, so since you're doing it now, you expect him to. No, no, sister, you married that man in the state he's in. He was non-spiritual, carnal, wasn't going to church, no tithing self. Well, why are you trying to change him? He is what you married. He is what you dated. He is what he is. So here's the question. Who's going to step up to the plate and obey God? And God right now is challenging the men because I believe when the men get right, the family gets right. So with every head bowed at your seat. The challenge this morning is for everybody to get their lives right with the Lord. I'm talking to the young people. Here's the problem with our young people. They've been exposed to the God that we serve, but they haven't experienced him for for themselves. It's time to have an experience with God and not just be exposed to God. And that's what happened. They go off to college and because they haven't had an experience with God and they've only been exposed to God, they have no roots for their spiritual life. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm committing this morning to step it up in my spiritual life so I can lead my family. Step it up in my spiritual life so I can lead my children. Step it up in my spiritual life that I can lead my wife. I'm challenging men today to be like Joshua who said, as for me and my house. Then I'm challenging young people who you, you know yourself. You know you've had a lot of these negative things that I talked about. You, you, that's been you and here's why you've been that way because number one your parents let you but number two you don't have the relationship you need with God and he's challenging you this morning to make a commitment to him so here's how I'm going to do the altar call if you're here this morning you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior in other words if you died today and you're not sure you go to heaven I want to pray for you